Hello everyone and Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, This is Sean and Ryan from the Splatterhouse Podcast wishing you again a very Happy New Year. And we just want to get some quick shout outs out of the way uh, to some of our friends out there who have helped us this uh, past six, seven months that we have been doing this. Uh, First off, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Dead Pit and uh, the Church of Tarantino podcast, and of course, uh, Jerry Chandler from uh, Synapse Films from coming on and uh, doing a little interview with us. We greatly appreciate that. Yeah, we have like a good year planned out, too, of talking shit about movies, so I'm looking forward to it. I also wanted to throw a thank you to the Hollywood Theater in Portland, Oregon, for having me in the record label out there for their annual showing of the 35mm um Silent Night, Deadly Night, right after we talked about it and everything, and I talked to him a little bit about the podcast and everything while I was there, so that we had just done the Christmas episode and talked about the film and everything, and uh, cool experience, and as a follow-up to that episode, when you see it with a live 350-person sold-out crowd, that film doesn't come across as fucked up, it comes across as a comedy, (laughs) so. It kind of does. Oh, like, I had no idea, and, like, I took the my 18-year-old son with, and, like, it was, it played, like, gangbusters, so, like, they laughed at stuff I would have never thought they would have laughed at, and, yeah, the grandpa scene in that movie just tears the house down. Mm-hmm. What always cracks me up, though, is still, uh, the clerk, whenever he's closing up shop, that, that scene, and they're all getting drunk, yeah. that's... That's my well, the, favorite scene. That, that the makes sledding scene good. as well. Like people were just oh, like, yeah. they went nuts. It was like a comedy. Like it played seriously. It played like a comedy. If, I highly recommend if you haven't seen the film, like ne- by next Christmas, and they're playing it in your town or something, go see it with a crowd. Oh yeah, so. definitely. So today we're going to be talking about remakes. We're actually going to be doing a two-part episode. This will be um, one of those parts. And, um, we're going to start off with this episode. We're doing, uh, my top three favorite remakes. We're also going to do Sean's top three worst remakes. And we're each going to have a timer. I'm going to have ten minutes to basically discuss why I like this remake. And then Sean's going to basically have the same thing about why he hates this remake, but under three minutes. Yeah, I only need three minutes to talk about some of this shit. (laughs) Okay. So, to kind of start things off, I wanted to go with something a little bit classic that I don't think a whole lot of people really talk too much about, and that's going to be Warner Herzog's Nosferatu the Vampire. A good movie. Huh? It's a very good movie. Oh, yes, it is. So, um, for starters, um, at the time when this was released... The original Nosferatu had just been found and had slowly started to be a screen because back in the 20s, um, Bram Stoker's wife basically filed a lawsuit against um, W. Um, F. Murner and had the film destroyed. Well, there were some surviving copies of it, luckily, and they were starting to be screened, and Warner Herzog saw one of those copies. And he loved the movie so much, he praises it as like one of the best films Germany has ever released. And he decided to do his own spin on it. And he's got Klaus Kinski in it, um, Isabella Ajani, and Bruno Gaines. Which, Bruno Gaines, another film that I like that he's in, it's kind of a messed up one in a sense, because the role he plays. 
but he portrays it really, really well as downfall. Have you ever seen that, Sean? No. Oh, yeah. It's the Hitler movie, right? Yes, he portrays yeah. as Hitler. And it's like the final days of the Third Reich yep. and everything. Um, he does a wonderful job in that movie. It's also yep. been memed to death on the internet, this one scene in the movie. Is, but uh, uh, getting back the, to Nosferatu. The girl in possession, right? She, the, uh, yes. Johnny is the girl in possession? Okay. Yeah, she's great. So, um, going back to this film, the things I love about this movie, for one, there's two versions of it. You've got the German version, if you want to watch the purest, you know, German version of it as far as, like, how it was originally shot. And you also have the English version, which, the crazy thing about it is everybody in this movie done both languages. So it was shot in German, and then they'd be like, okay, let's redo the same scene, but in English. And they would reshoot it in English. And there's very small differences that you can tell because of that, because they use the same sets and everything. Um, on top of that, too, the atmosphere in this movie, I mean, the opening scene alone is so disturbing. It's like in this, um, crypt, and there's all these mummified remains of people, and you've got the, uh, music by Popol, uh, Vul, I think is how you say their name, and it's just so creepy and disturbing music, man. I just love it. That's Um, one of my most listened to records I have is the... Waxwork Nosferatu from that. It's so good. Yeah. It's one of mine as well. Um, there are some differences, of course, with this being a remake um, than, you know, the original Nosferatu or even Dracula. One of the big differences is the character of Jonathan. He's kind of takes the role of both Jonathan and also Renfield to an extent. If you watch the rest of the movie, and finish it, you would understand why. I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it. Um, but it's got you know the same original type of style where Jonathan goes to a castle. He tries to sell this castle for a count. And then the count basically um, takes him and imprisons him in the castle while he goes and tries to steal Jonathan's wife. Um so it's got the same premise. Now, the one thing that they did expand on is the fact of the plagues. Um, there were plagues mentioned in the original Nosferatu, but in this version, they actually show the plagues. There's, for example, rats all throughout the city in one scene of it that I recall. Um, there's scenes where there's people in caskets that are marching down the street that they're taking to the cemeteries. Um... There's a Van Helsing character in the movie, um, and again, it's just shot so well. Um, for such a remake, it's one that just absolutely blows my mind. Um, the makeup alone for Klaus Kinski, it's nearly identical to the original Nosferatu makeup. Like, the ears are a little different, you know, but his portrayal is amazing in this movie and he plays um, it straight too like normally kinski had a around this time had like that like it's almost like a like, like a legend about him being extremely difficult to work with on set and i guess this was one where he played it straight and was actually not a complete bear to be around yeah which it's funny um years later um in 1988 which just came out in 79 so about nine years later there was a 
sequel, and I'm using air quotes when I say sequel, called uh, Nosferatu in Venice. The only connection to it is just the fact that it's got Klaus Kinski in it. Uh, Werner Herzog had no involvement with the film. But interestingly, it has Donald Pleasance in it, and that's one I've never seen that I kind of want to... I didn't like it. I've heard it's bad, but I kind of still want to check it out just to see how bad it is. I'm sure you're going to buy the $50 version for your media library. No. I'm waiting until it goes on sale. Come on now. We were just talking. It was so bad. I I watched them bookended and couldn't get through it, but yeah. It it, it is a very, very good movie. Like, I've seen, I've only seen it like probably three times, but it's really, really good. I I had a a version of it years ago when Anchor Bay first started putting that out on VHS is when I saw it, so. Yeah, I think Anchor Bay also did release a DVD version of it that had both the English and the German version as well. And I remember it being, like, in a really thick case. Mm. Um, yep. It came out, like, in the early 2000s, I think, but, yeah. And it's been um, remade again. Yeah, I heard about that. Robert, um, Robert Eggers, the guy that did The Witch and Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And there was a version with Doug Jones being rumored forever where, like, I've seen Doug Jones autographed, like, Nosferatu pops because he was going to play Nosferatu in another version, but I don't know if... I don't think it ever got off the ground. Yeah, it's still one of those things that he is um, still trying to work out at the moment. Um, Robert Eggers is. But um, I would say as far as, you know... Dracula or Nosferatu movies. Um, this one's easily in my top five favorites. Yeah. Um, for one, just again, the fact that it, it looks... I mean, literally the way the film is shot, it's not shot, you know, shot for shot, like no. the complaints I've had with some other remakes. Like a, um, yeah. But it's it's atmospheric. Like the whole movie, like it, the atmosphere is what sells the film and the authenticity of the film. So, yeah, um, I mean the only other vampire movies I would recommend that are even close to this. I mean, of course, like the Hammer Dracula movies, especially Dracula Prince of Darkness. Um, that's one of my favorites. Um, of course, the original Dracula with Bela Lugosi. Um, I really like the uh, Coppola one. It was almost the couple on my list, good. I remember seeing it in theaters and people hated it, and now it's kind of you know. And it, I think a lot of that just had to do with Keanu Reeves, and it's so good though. I can look past the Keanu Reeves being in mm-hmm. it and his horrible accent. The one that like does the look of Dracula though the best, which this is going a little off topic though, is um, Count Dracula by Jess Franco. Um, it's got Christopher Lee as Dracula. But it's got, like, the best, like, based off the book. Like, he's got, like, the mustache and everything. Kind of similar to um, the Bram Stoker look in a way. But it's not so over the top like that one. Yeah. But uh, any final thoughts, Sean, since you've kind of... Um, no, like, I think you nailed it. Like, this movie is one that it, it's... That is not the easiest one to find. Like, you'll see it on the shelf and you think it's the old movie and it's not. And, um, I mean, I, I guess, like, the thing that you research a little bit more, like, with the whole, um, the, the viewings and stuff where the film had been found. And I think we're going to see that. Like, they were just posting in one of the groups about the London After Midnight, the long lost. And somebody said, well, it's becoming public, public, uh, usage or something. Yeah. Public domain next year. 
And I think that we might actually see a print of that show up where you'll probably be able to go to your town and see that now because of it. And it's kind of the same thing that happened with this film. And I find it funny that you said, like, in, was it 78 that the public domain hit for this film? Um, I don't think it was that year, but... It was around that time? Okay. It, it was could... around, like, the early 70s to mid-70s. Here it is. Um, by the 60s and early 70s, the original silent returned to circulation. So, it was in, like, the late 60s, early 70s that that print was found, and then it was being recirculated. Okay. Uh, just due yeah, to the could... fact that that lawsuit and... Uh, Bram Stoker's wife had died. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because like, uh, Kubrick threw in that, that homage in The Shining with her going mm-hmm. up the stairs with the, the silhouette and everything. So it just, I, I was wondering how soon after Kubrick like was at a viewing, like, this is so good, I need to throw a homage into The Shining. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Sean, uh, start off with your one of your worst remakes. All right, let me start my timer here, which for anybody, we've already recorded the other half of this. So like you'll, you'll uh, there'll be, connections, be connections made as to, you know, um, so I'm going to go with black Christmas and Ryan keeps asking me which version. And I'm going to just say both anything remade from that movie. I'm going with both of them. They're, they're equally horrible. Um, yeah, I did not like like the original I think is so good and I just watched I just watched it over Christmas again and it's like it's like the Nosferatu that you were just talking about they, they he sets up this atmosphere for the film that almost steals from the film it's so good where you're you're looking at what's behind and everything and then they completely lost that with these remakes and um the first remake the 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 first one that came out I'm sick of the origin stories to be honest like I think that um I don't need to know there's so much information that these guys like, well, oh God, everybody loved this. We'll do an origin story. And I'm like, I, I don't want an origin story. They're doing it right. They keep talking about it with Terrifier. I don't care where he came from. Like, if it comes out in the in the progression of the story, fine. But I don't need a whole movie explaining it. So, and I know that these were on your list as well. Um, I don't know how high up, but. Um, so... Let me put it this way. I would rather watch the first remake of Black Christmas than the second remake. Yeah. The second remake is just... Uh, there's just so much stuff in there. Like, there's literally um, one scene in the movie that just made me shake my head and just go, what in the world is going on? And it's with the... Um, portrayal, I guess, of toxic masculinity... Being this black ooze stuff, yeah. Like I, I made that, it. I think forty minutes into the second remake, the one that just came out, and I, I couldn't even sit through it. It was so bad. I like literally turned it off, and I wish I could go on, call Voodoo and say, "Can you please take this off my list so that I never <laughs> even scroll past it to be fucking reminded that I own it?" But I can't do that. Um, the other one, there is some stuff I like about it. There's a few things like we just watched that one too over Christmas, and um. There's a few things I like about it. There's some stuff that I just, like, downright hate. The, yeah, I, I'm not even going to get into all of it. It's so bad. Like, I just warn people, like, when you see a vampire show up and people are, like, holding up the crosses and shit, like, that's what you should do with these both of these movies. They're that fucking bad. That, and I, I want to talk nice about the first remake, but after watching it again, there's so much bad stuff in there. 
the the cookies he's making with the skin and I'm like that doesn't work and blah 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 like just there's so much shit going on in that movie that yeah. I'm like what were you guys thinking and you guys took like this great license and this great classic film and you managed to you thought that you're doing good and you didn't so yeah I, I just please stay away from them you're gonna my alarm is gonna go off right now there you go Alright, All right. so my second pick, and I don't recall, Sean, did you say you weren't a fan of this one? Um, I've, I've seen it twice. I like it. Um, it's just I'm not the biggest Evil Dead fan in the whole world. So, so. Like, I, like, I, I like the films. I don't mm-hmm. love them. But you know what I'm saying? Like, right. and... Yeah, so he's gonna do Evil Dead the remake, which yeah. actually is a it's a very 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 good film. It's just I actually like the remake more than the original now. I think. So, I don't know if I like the remake more than the original, but it's up there as far as how a remake should be done, in my opinion. Um, they turned it up, man. They turned everything up. Yeah, I mean, they turned up the gore. They turned up the blood like i mean literally how much blood is in the movie um yeah i mean it's ridiculous for one they had to get rid of a course ash which you know at the time kind of sucked but looking back i think without bruce campbell in it it makes the film a little bit better for one you don't have you know oh the possible hokiness because i mean granted i love bruce campbell i've met bruce campbell I love that in the old Evil Dead movies, and Army of Darkness is like his kind of witty humor and kind of Three Stooges gimmick. Um, but this one, I feel like, is just what if the original Evil Dead was shot today? This is basically what you would have gotten. Um, I don't have the director's cut, unfortunately. I'd like That's to what get I that have. maybe at some point. Oh, you got the I director's have that on cut. And- um, I, I don't know the film well enough to really, you know, know what they cut in and put in and, you know, or, or rearrange or whatever they did with it. So, but I've seen that. Yeah. It's, it's still just as great. There's nothing wrong with it. So, I mean, this movie opens up with easily one of like the most tense moments ever with that girl. She's getting chased through the woods and they capture her and then come to find out she's been possessed and stuff, and she's getting burned at, like, a post in, like, a cellar. You know, it's like, I just want to swallow your soul. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, and they're pouring really gas good. over her and everything. Ugh. Yeah. Like, that that scene was intense. And that's not even the most intense part of the movie. Um, for me, like, one of the scenes that always, like, sticks out to me is that scene with, um, oh, gosh, I cannot remember her name. I'm, I'm awful with names, but Mia, I think it's her name. She's in the basement. She's already been possessed, and she's got a hold of this one girl's leg, and she takes that razor blade, and she just extends all the way up and just slices her tongue right down the middle. Yep. Ugh. And also the one girl who takes a meat carver, like a turkey carver, to her arm. Like, holy crap. I remember seeing this in the theaters and just thinking, like, did I really just see that after I watched it? Because it, it just seemed like a crazy dream um, yep. seeing that in theaters years ago. Yeah, it's a very, very good movie. Um, I think the the thing about the Evil Dead movies, uh, the sense of humor 
kind of like it's so off the wall. Like the first one I like, the second one is my favorite one, obviously. And then Army mm-hmm. of Darkness, I've never been able to get over the special effects used. So, and there's like yeah. you know what three versions of that movie too. So maybe there's I the uh, there's of course the original theatrical version. There is the um, director's cut, I think, which is the one with the alternate ending to it, um, where Ash is apparently slept too late and it's in the future, which kind of coincides with Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, yeah. I've never watched then, any of the TV shows. So. It's really good. It, it really yeah. is. Um, they ended that t- way too soon, in my opinion. Um, but then, the third version, I think, is just, like, a combination of the two or something. But, speaking think, of Evil... I had the, boom, the Boomstick Edition, is what yeah. I had for a long time. Yeah. I think the Boomstick had the director's cut in it. Um, but speaking of Evil Dead as well... How do you feel about Evil Dead Rise? Um, I don't watch trailers, so I just know that it's coming. That's it. So, it, yeah. it it looks kind of promising. I think the way that they're going about it, it's going to be a sequel to this one. That's my prediction. It's going to be a sequel to this one. Um, if I'm guessing. Just uh, do the fact that I think I could be wrong. But I thought I saw the girl that played as Mia in the trailer, so... If so, I, I'm kind of well, interested. The thing that they did with with this movie that I really, really enjoyed... Um, another movie that they did the same thing with that we didn't really mention here is the Hills Have Eyes remake. Mm-hmm. They took the original idea and they just turned it up enough. You're not getting a bunch of origin stories and bullshit. If they're going to do a remake of that's in the spirit of the original movie, this movie did it correctly, and so did the Hills Have Eyes one, which I, I wish our lists were longer and that we had 10 hours to talk about this shit, because we don't. We're not, we're not going to, no one's going to listen to that, but yeah, the, both yeah. of those, like, the spiritual part of it is there, and they, they managed to turn it up and modernize it and everything where, well, Hills Have Eyes isn't really modernized, I guess, but it's still a bunch of well, <laughs> mutants. Well, they kind of... They kind of sped it up and stuff, which that was kind of what you saw in the early to mid two thousands with yeah. you know after nine eleven with the whole boom and what they call now torture porn and also like the fast paced zombies yep. was that kind of fast camera work that you see a yep. lot in that movie, which you don't see that in this this movie though they like to linger on stuff and let you see every ounce of you know bone getting cut every. Like thing, like especially the one that made me go, ouch! The most was when um, that car lands on Mia's hand. She basically has to rip her own hand off. Yeah, and the the <sighs> makeup on it too is so much better than the originals. Yeah, I know that which, they had a limited budget, but which is funny. I had a friend of mine say like, I don't like the makeup in this movie. It just doesn't look so possessed to me. And I'm like, well, it just depends, I guess, on your definition of possessed. I mean, for me, yellow glowing eyes and messed up face works fine for me but you know some people um want it like to be more demonic or their skin falling off wherever okay that's fine you know but um i definitely recommend this for anybody who hasn't seen it yeah it's it's really 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 good um yeah it's one of the best remakes obviously you know it would have ryan did his list first and it would have been on mine but he did it first. His number one would have been number one on my list, but he did it first because we started talking about it, and he's like, here's my list. So, 
I'm like yep. shit. I was faster on the draw. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, I've got, I think, two minutes, two and a half minutes left. Is there anything else? Which, we didn't mention the music in the movie. Oh, I, I was just going to say, like, I have the, um, they've pressed this one time on vinyl, and I have it, and it's, you put that on, and it's like, you have to keep, keep turning around. I'm like, what the fuck? The music is just something else on this movie, too. They did a really mm-hmm. good job with the whole aspect of it. Yeah. Which, I've always wondered, so, um, Fede Alvarez, like, he's had some decent films, but then he's just had some that have just kind of, like, my my biggest thing with him was just the, um, the Texas Chainsaw, like, the one that just came out, like, he was a executive producer on that, and he apparently wrote the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. There's... Uh, I'm, trying to, he, I'm trying to think of what else he did. So, other than... We go over your ten minutes, we're good. So Yeah, so other than <laughs> Evil Dead, he done Don't Breathe, which I actually like Don't Breathe. I like um, this movie. The, the second one is not good. The first one I liked. No, the first one's good. He done The Girl in the Spider's Web, which I guess is a sequel to The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um... And then he he's doing apparently Alien, um, some new Alien movie that's coming out next year, Romulus, Romulus, okay. apparently. Um, other than that, yeah, he's been a writer-producer on Don't Breathe 2 and Texas Chainsaw, and he's done stuff for From Dust Till Dawn, the series. Hmm. So he's not really done a whole lot of stuff, which is crazy. Just has a bigger name guess in there well and we always talk shit about eli roth too like he's i mean think about it he's done like what five movies and he's considered you know like part of that splatter pack or whatever mm-hmm. of filmmakers i think wasn't alvarez part of that as well kind of not really but anyway um my timer's about to go off so your next pick mr sean let me start this out. My next pick is the Poltergeist remake from 2015, starring Sam Rockwell, Rosemary DeWitt. Um, I actually didn't make it through this whole thing either. Um, the original, I remember when I was a kid, the original being how scary it was and stuff. When because it was PG, like you could mm-hmm. come up to the video store and be like, "I want to see this," and okay, and then you'd get home and you're like scared shitless of it and. Um, yeah, the, this one, like, loses, they, they decided to throw a bunch of special effects at it, and, um, they changed the story around a little bit, Sam Rockwell is completely wasted, that man is, a uh, acting genius, in my opinion, and <laughs> people don't know who he is, it's Wild Bill from the Green Mile, and, um, but I couldn't even get through the whole movie, like, it, it was that bad, um, have you seen it? So, I recall seeing bits and pieces of it, but I don't recall seeing the whole movie. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Like, I I can't even say how bad it is. It's just, it's... <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I don't even need a full three minutes to tell you how bad this is. It's, um... I don't even have a list. Like, I, I don't want to spend brain power on it. It was that bad. And um, I think Rotten Tomatoes did that for me, because I think it's under, like, 10% now. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah, it's it's really it is that bad. 
um, the best part about it was the poster, which looked like it was going to be okay. And then um, I listened to the score, I think, before the film came out, and the score was really good. And then I saw it in comparison to the movie, and I just ruined the score even. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking at some stuff here on IMDb. Like, the only person that I even recognize in the entire cast is uh, Sam Rockwell. Well, Jared Harris was in it. Um, If you... He's been in a lot of movies. A lot. Um, And... Okay. Now I recognize him, yeah, once you pointed him out. Um, Oh, well, and they were going to do a prequel. Originally, it was going to be a prequel for the character of Reverend Kane. mm -hmm. And, um, you know, which they can obviously just, you know, put people in makeup and stuff to look like that. And, yeah. The funny thing is, is this movie at one point it really came close to Tom Cruise or Richard Armitage being in the movie, which I can't even imagine what Tom Cruise would have done with this, but Armitage was an interesting idea because he um, was really, really good in the Hannibal. He was the Red Dragon in Hannibal, and he was in the Hobbit movie. He played the, I think Thorin is the main, the guy that he did. He's kind of got a quiet, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't like rage to him. He was really, really good as Red Dragon, so way better than... Um, Ralph Fiennes was. Uh-huh. Yeah, my three minutes is up. I didn't even let the alarm go off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for my final um, favorite remake, um, this one is easily a classic. Um, we could do a whole episode on it. It's that classic. That's going to be John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, with Sean, I know you were kind of like... Ah, why didn't you let me have that one? You were you were pissed about that a little bit, but you know, first dibs. So yeah. Um, I mean, the fact he took a film that had, of course, been adapted from a book, which is Who Goes There, um, to this new modernized version, and I mean. There there's some similarities to the original film and also the book, but the one thing that I that is going to stand the test of time is the effects in that movie. I mean, good lord. Um, yeah. <laughs> the creature effects, um, everything from like Stan Wilson, who helped with the assimilated dog, to of course the one and only Bob Bottin, um, who done a majority of these effects. I mean, you've got so, so much great effects in that movie, and that's the one thing that that movie... I mean, granted, you've got Kurt Russell, you've got Keith David, um, you've got um, Wilford Brimley. Yep. Oatmeal <laughs> guy. Yep, diabetes. Um, <laughs> you've got them, you've got T.T. Carter, David Clinton, Richard Dysart. Um, yeah, he put up... Put- like a really really cool cast of like these characters now and you'll i'm in a thing group on facebook and like they'll be watching like you know old tv shows or something and like one of them will show up and he found all these character actors and brought them in and put them together so Mm -hmm. very very good cast yeah so when it comes to this movie other than the effects i mean the atmosphere and the music um the music you've got of course you know, Morcone in it. Um, you also have some stuff that Carpenter did, but it was mostly Morcone's work. Um, 
I mean, just that that intro theme alone. When uh, the beginning, you see nothing but the white Antarctic mountains and the plains, and you hear that music just hit, and then that the helicopter so. coming in with the them chasing the dog. I mean, it's it's just the best way to set up that movie. That's one thing that I have to say Carpenter has done with all of his movies is how he sets up his movies. They just hook you instantly yep. from the beginning. Yep. Uh, and this, I always find it funny, like, um, I'm old enough to, like, obviously I'm older than you, way older, but um, yeah. this movie was hated for so long. And I, the first time I saw it, my video, my video rental, I took it up to the counter and the, I remember the clerk actually, this movie's horrible are you sure you want to rent this and i was like well now i really really do <laughs> and that's was the attitude about this movie for a long time i took it home and i was like holy shit that when the head when the head drips off the table and then grows legs and everything like um my dad had seen it and he was like no it's actually really good the effects are really good on it and don't listen to everybody on movies because movie i think was hated because it came out what the same month as et it came out um yeah, if it wasn't the same month, it was like the same week. It was like right around the same time. And yeah. everybody was thinking, oh, E.T. was really good. It's a friendly, happy family, you know, <laughs> alien movie. Let's go watch this one called The Thing. And they go watch and they're like, well, yeah, this sucks. There... This isn't about a friendly alien yeah. at all. Like, Yeah, somebody takes a flamethrower to a bunch of dogs within the first 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, because the yeah. dog is literally um, this like was hated for years gunk. and I... Yeah, like, so. But, for one, um, I've always thought it was really cool that they shot this film in Alaska. Um, They didn't use a whole lot of sets when they needed to. They did use some sets, of course, like, inside um, the camp in certain areas, and also, like, in the lair of the thing, and stuff like that. But, like, when it came to, like, all the exterior shots, it was all at a... Um, base that they made in Alaska. It was in a Genua, I think is how you say it, which there were some crazy stories that I was um, hearing about this movie when they were going to... um, Because they had to ride a bus to get to the location every day. They were spending like time in a town outside of the filming of it. And at one point there was this really bad storm or something and they were heading to the um, filming location and for some reason, I guess like something happened to the road or something and they almost lost control and about went over a cliff. <laughs> I mean, it's insane, the stories about this movie. Yeah, um, I'm in a Facebook group called the Outpost Number 31 Discussion Group. It's got 10,000 members and it's all like the thing. That's every post. They don't allow anything else. And a lot of these guys, they go on the journey and they stay in the same hotel and they stay up at that little town and then they go out to where the actual set was. And like, they just found somebody found pieces of the helicopter that blew up recently, mm-hmm. like within the last couple of years and stuff that they were finding. Um, Cause the set, obviously I don't know what they did with it afterwards. They probably tore it down, but yeah, there's people that go out there and they try to line up where everything was. And so it's kind of a cool group, but um, I've learned a lot from that group about this movie. Like, they've dissected every little section of it. So, yeah. Um, this is also, it would have been number one on my list. I love this movie. I think I've bought it on 
from VHS. Should I think I even owned it on a Sony PSP version back in the day? So, <laughs> yeah, it's I've and I'm like I need to. I just got a 4K player for Christmas. So I think I'm going to grab the actual 4K disc of it. Get it? Watch it. Get yeah. it? I'm telling you right for, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it looks just magnificent, and oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. I mean, we're you know over 30 years later, and now it's considered one of the best remakes. And you tell Carpenter that, and he just yeah. And I told you guys that. <laughs> and he's like, so, uh huh, sure, yeah, where's whatever. Where's my check? <laughs> Money, please, right here. Oh my gosh, like I I love the man, but also he's just he's just a grumpy old fart. <laughs> At this point, you know, I, yeah. I I really love him, but it's like, oh man. Um, just some final things about the thing. What is your favorite creature effect in this movie, Sean? And I'll tell you mine. Um, my whole my my favorite effect is the when they're using the EKG machine on him, and the the whole chest opens up and bites. Yeah, his the Norris. Off. Like, I, I had like first time I saw that. Like, I think my mouth just dropped. I was like, Oh my God. And that had to have hurt, you know? <laughs> and then like the whole, like I said earlier, that the guys, while he's doing it all, the head starts falling off and it mm-hmm. grows legs and the head, the head creature thing is just amazing. And they, I love that it shows up in little movies here and there. Now that the homages to it, like there's even a homage to it in the mist. If you watch with one of the spider creatures, when they, the way it scurries off looks like the one in there, and it's been in a few other movies as a homage now. So, yeah, I would say that is definitely, if not my favorite, it's easily one of my favorite. One that comes close to that is got to be the blood sample. Um, oh, scene yeah, that's in that movie. That's an amazing effect too. So, yeah, um, all of a sudden, you know, you've got Kurt Russell's character McCready. He just takes that hot piece of copper and sticks in that blood, and it just shoots up out of the Petri dish and freaks out. And then you've got, um, I'm trying to remember which character it was. Was it, um, oh gosh. I love the one where he's out in the snow, too, and the hand is changing still. And he just does that, that effect that they did with the vocal scream. It's just unreal, like how cool it is. Yeah, but that scene with Palmer, and he just sitting there in the chair, and he just starts freaking out and shaking, oh, and then yeah, just, like, the... shoots up into the ceiling, and yeah. his, like, whole mouth opens wide like a giant Venus flytrap. Grabs that other guy and lifts him up. The guy from yeah. the Warriors, he, like, lifts him up. <laughs> Windows, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Like, and that scene's... Mm. I can't... We can't talk about this movie without bringing up that they did a prequel slash sequel to it and gosh um the movie i like the movie i I, I actually like the movie my problem with it is is that i know for a fact because i've read the reports online is that they did the whole movie with practical effects and universal did not like the way that it looked so they went and they put they paid all this money to put cgi over the practical effects release the other cut like you want to make some money release that and show what they did with it because i've seen pictures of it and it makes you know it's right in the spirit of this film my Um, only problem other than the effects with that movie is just the dialogue sucks oh yeah i I can see that um the main girl the mary elizabeth winstead she did a really good job with it where i was kind of surprised you know how well you know she was with it because she always plays like 
I mean, she's in Death Proof and she plays the ditzy cheerleader, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, she always gets those type of parts and this was something she could really, you know, go for. Um, yeah. I don't hate the prequel as much as you do, obviously. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <sighs> yeah, not enough blood for you. Uh, it's just not that. It's just, again, the dialogue isn't that great. The whole CG with the uh, creatures, that, that that alone just really made me mad. The fact that there yeah. is a version out there with practical effects, and the studio's like, let's just dump some more money and make it CG. And I'm like, that, that's stupid. Well, it kills me that they took the time and they get to that point, and then they're like, oh, you know, let's let's throw some more this. Uh, we don't like the way this looks. And it's like, have you seen the original? Like, so yeah. Is it my turn? Is that what? Yep, that it's little... your final uh, worst remake. Oh, you're gonna like, yeah. Um, so I've only seen this movie one time because I cannot bring myself to emotionally sit through it again. Um, the Fog remake. Um, it. it, it I remember going to it in the theaters and with such high hopes because the original is such a good film. Um, once again, John Carpenter, uh, the fog. And I can't believe that him and Deborah Hill gave permission for this movie to be made. Yeah. I I understand. Like I, you know, he, at the time when this came out, it was before the, the Carpenter Renaissance had really hit full, like that we're on right now where he was going on tour and doing music and he actually looks happy for the first time in years. (laughs) Um, but and Boris the Blade from Snatch was one of the main, you know, um, pirates in the movie. And, like, I, he's coming on the boat and everything. I'm like, oh, this might not be too bad. And then it just goes to complete shit. Um, yeah, everything about this movie is terrible. I, I didn't even, like, I didn't make a list of all the horrible things. Anybody that sits through the original and then goes into this, they, the overall, the, the CGI effects that they used. I mean, in the original film, there's hardly any the fog is there on set and they had machines to make it and they were acting through it and everything. And these guys just acted and then they threw an effect in over it and you can tell it's really bad. And I think that this is one of those movies that is so bad because the original is so good and so effective. I remember seeing the original on TV when I was a kid and I was just like, I mean, I I wasn't blinking. I just, I just remembered this. So the main character, his name he's played by Tom Welling his name's Nick Castle, and yep. he's got a friend of his, and his friend's name is Spooner. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. how much more do I need to say? Like, you yeah, got they, your your buddy's name Spooner. You can't remake anything that Tom Atkins was in originally and no. make it any... No. Like, the man is a national treasure, and I people outside of horror don't get it because they've I mean they've seen him in one movie you know like it's the dad from one of the dads from uh, Lethal Weapon and they're like oh god him like yeah he's been in a lot of horror movies and he's an amazing actor so yeah um this is another one just run from it if you own a copy of it shame on you um I don't care how good the the version is that they're putting out (laughs) it's so bad yeah um unfortunately there is a guy I know that actually likes this movie a lot um, I don't know why. Um, he, his biggest thing with this movie that I joke with him is like, oh, 
it's because you like Fallout Boy. You like that Sugar We're Going Down song in the movie. And he's like, oh yeah, I love that song. And I'm like, you're just a troll, dude. What's his name? What's his name? I want to have him canceled. What's his name? Well, so his real name isn't out there, but he goes by Old Curly Jaws. You've probably heard of him on Dead Pit. Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah. Yeah. Which one of you guys likes the Fog remake? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so when I saw this in theaters, I didn't get up and leave. I stayed through the end, but other people got up and left. Like, yeah, the couple in front of us, they just got up mid-movie and left. And I think a lot of people went to it because isn't Welling one of the top, it's, he's one of the, um, supernatural guys, right? Uh... He was in Smallville. He played as Clark Kent in Smallville at the time. And uh, recently he's been on Lucifer as Lieutenant yeah, Marcus tell, I, Pierce. But I, don't yeah. watch, I don't watch any of that. Like, I can't yeah. bring myself. The Supernatural, like, I've had a lot of friends tell me that, oh, you should really watch it. It's really good. And it's like, there are but 15 yeah. seasons in, dude. I don't have time. But at the time, yeah, he was well known for portraying Clark Kent in Smallville. That's why That's right. people okay. were going to see him. Yeah, and they shouldn't have. Um, no. This movie is a train wreck. With it's a tra- the train wreck is so bad you can't even see the fucking track because there's so much CGI <laughs> fog on the fucking thing. Okay? It's it's terrible. Like it I, I seriously like I I can't even if you said like can you make a list of like the worst horror movies out there this would be in my top five if not my top three possibly my top one. It's that fucking bad and like yeah I just it's terrible. Oh gosh, yeah, it's it's that bad. Yeah, um, you can tell. I, I just turned forty five, and like I've turned into like this. I'm starting to get the John Carpenter face, like you know. So just it's it's. <laughs> and this you, movie you, just you, brings it out. You, you just want to sit at home, play Xbox all day, wear your Turtle Beach headsets. You know, use well, use the coupon code, get like five bucks off the, of those. You've seen the pictures of him, right? Where like people will pay like a couple hundred bucks to get a photo with him, and he's just like, he's like this. And I guarantee you, what happened right before they took the photo? They're like, "Hey, I'm a really big uh, fan of the fog," and he's like sitting there, and he's the what's going through the man's mind is they're taking the pictures. Are they talking about my version or that lump of shit that the studio put out for the remake? <laughs> and that's why he has that fucking look on his face when you nah, see. Nah, nah, I yeah, think it's he's hundred percent. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. But That's okay, <laughs> he. I think at his age, as if he just rather would be at home playing his Xbox, maybe smoke a couple doobies, and just hand me money. <laughs> well, and, so if if you pick up on anything from this, stop remaking the man's movies. Big Trouble in Little China, leave it alone. These, con- I don't care who the fucks in it. The Rock was talking about it. Um, who I don't remember who else. Jason Momoa was he the other one that was like. Yeah, I, I think so. It. Fucking leave it alone, okay? Unless you're gonna, you know, which you're not even the star of the movie. The sidekick is in that movie. Um, they live is another one. Don't fucking remake that movie. They're certain, yeah. you know, just stop remaking his movies. Look at what what they did with that Halloween. Like that Halloween kill, ends is so bad that it it ruined two movies before it. Yep. No, stop fucking with the, with John Carpenter movies. And then Unless on top of that, too, do not, for the love of God, touch Escape from New York. If you touch oh, Escape from New York, one. I will just go yeah. crazy. Like, stop fucking with this man's movies. And like, they, they don't go for the ones that could use it. The Ward or um, Ghost on Mars or whatever the fuck. Like that, yeah. that, they would never think of remaking that or 
like maybe get somebody better than James Woods, which James Woods is pretty fucking good to go do vampires because that storyline on the vampires is killer. Mm-hmm. It just the the dialogue through the movie is what never worked for me. Yeah, but they really they they keep taking his classics and fucking with them, and it, it, you can't do that. Like well, it just, the reason. The reason why I bring up Escape from New York, I don't know if you'd heard, but there's a rumor mill going around right now that they are finally going to possibly do um, John Carpenter's third film that he's wanted to do in that series, Escape from Earth or Escape from Mars or something, I don't know. But yeah, Um, they're supposedly trying to get Kurt Russell, but... He's not doing anything. I don't know if you follow him on social media or not, but the man literally, he used the money... Yeah, he used the money from the Fast and the Furious movies to buy a winery for him and Goldie Hawn, and he actually, like, you'll... He's working the register when you go there, and he's mm-hmm. picking grapes and stuff out in the fields with everybody to make fucking wine. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, leave him alone. Like, they're gonna... They're not gonna do anything good with it. And, like, I think you brought up Escape from New York. Like, I can't... That's one of my first loves of cinema was seeing that movie. Even, like, mm-hmm. I, I was... I think two when it came out. I probably saw it when I was five or six, and I got it. Like this, this, this motherfucker's cool. So, yeah, don't mess with it. You're not going to find anybody better than Kurt Russell or Isaac Hayes or Harry Dean Stanton. Any, even the Ernest Borgnine character in that. You're not going to find mm-hmm. anybody better to play those characters if yeah. you're going to remake it. You're going to have to redo the whole story. So, yeah, because yeah. I mean, they would have to technically pick off where Escape from L.A. ended. Yeah. And I, w- I wish I could forget that that movie existed. <laughs> like, that's how much I love that character, though. Like, I love yeah. Escape from Escape from L.A. is not a horrible movie until you put it with the other movie, and then it's just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? So, yeah. and I know we're getting on a John Carpenter rant, but you just picked one of his movies as the best remake of all time, which I hundred percent agree with you. And then. The Fog, and people aren't going to know this, but when you originally made your list, The Fog was, like, number one on your list with Psycho. It was. Like, your original, and then we were like, well, we're not going to do five or ten, we'll just do three. Yep. And, yeah, so, yeah. John Carpenter's, like, his movies have, like, molded my life. I just had to do a review, I wrote a review for my own Facebook page for Big Trouble in Little China Score, and it's like, I'm like, sitting there, like, I was listening, and I was like, God, this is so good, and it just made me want to watch the movie. And then, like, this is my childhood right here, and they keep fucking with them. <laughs> well, so we definitely went past three minutes on that, but um, I don't care. I don't care either. This is people just are here fun. for a reason to hear us bitch about movies. My my <laughs> wife, the two, the two idiots talking about movies is what my <laughs> wife calls us. Yeah, I was about to say the two idiots talking about movies. Yeah, she guys talked about movies for three hours. She does the same thing though when I go on any other podcast because she hates the. She actually said, she goes, who the fuck listens to podcasts? And I was like, um, the whole world listens to podcasts. I don't know anybody that listens to podcasts, is what my wife told me originally. And I'm like, okay, yep, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's quite a few that I listen to. Um, Uh, That's all I listen to in the car now. Yeah, like I I listen listen to either music or podcasts, and occasionally an audiobook. That's it. Yeah, and I... Like I've l I learn more from podcasts than I do from, you know, anything else about the films. More than the special features even now, so Sometimes, yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. So <sighs> Well, right. so um, we've got um some stuff coming up, um within the next few months or so. Like you said, we've got some things planned and uh hopefully you guys will yeah. stick around and uh you know, listen. 
yeah, next month, here's the plan for next month. So you guys can listen next month and see if our plans got blown to shit. We're going to talk about, because it's Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about My Bloody Valentine to just kind of get that movie out of the way. Because um, it's one of my favorite slashers and Ryan loves it as well. But we have a special guest for it that has become synonymous with the movie in a way. I mean, he's doing art left and right for the movie. So um, you'll have to, you know check in with us to see who that person is because I don't think he gives interviews very often so yeah it's going to be exciting so see ya hey thanks for checking out this episode of the Splatterhouse podcast if you like what you heard consider following us on social media it'll be in the description box of this episode